But what I am saying is that the lines between them are very clearly drawn. iPad for portability, MacBook Air for versatility, and MacBook Pro for power. In whittling down the laptop lineup to just MacBook Air and MacBook Pro, what Apple has done is it's returned to its core strength many years ago of offering simplicity in a world where typically consumers are overwhelmed by model names and model numbers. At the same time, Apple has also shown and verified just how important it considers the iPad to be in the future of its portable computer business. And make no mistake about it, Apple is seeing the iPad, especially the iPad Pro, with iPad OS as a portable computer, definitely something that leans more towards computer than towards mobile device. Welcome to Geared Up, brought to you by National Car Rental. I'm Andrew Edwards, editor-in-chief of GearLive.com. Geared Up is your weekly look at the biggest tech stories of the week. And this week in particular, we are covering a few of the latest new hardware launches from some of the biggest companies out there. First, Apple has released new notebooks while also simultaneously killing off an entire line of laptops. Nintendo has announced not one, but two new Nintendo Switch consoles. And we've got some interesting news about the upcoming Samsung Galaxy Note 10 as it pertains to its battery and what they're looking to do to solve that anxiety that we get when our battery is getting low. Now, before we jump in, a couple of pieces of geared up news. First of all, a couple of weeks ago, we had the largest listenership to any Geared Up episode by far. So for those of you who shared the episode with friends, listened to the episode, downloaded, etc., big thank you to you. Two episodes ago, that one episode got more listens than all the other episodes of Geared Up so far in 2019 combined together. But who knows? Maybe it was the topic. Maybe it was the sharing. Maybe we just published on the right day of the week at the right time. Sometimes you never know with these things. But what I do know is... When I first saw those analytics, I actually thought there was a problem. Something was wrong. There was some sort of bug. But no, it was actually accurate. So again, thank you to all the listeners out there. And if you like the show, please do consider sharing it, encouraging a friend to give it a listen, encouraging a friend to subscribe to the podcast. Speaking of subscribing to the podcast, by popular request, by popular demand, a lot of the listeners of the show have asked me to create a YouTube channel specifically for the podcast. So basically what I've done is I've created a new YouTube channel. It's called Geared Up with Andrew Edwards. If you search that in YouTube, the channel will come up. You can now subscribe to that YouTube channel if you want to listen to Geared Up through YouTube. And apparently this is something that a lot of people do. They listen to their podcasts through YouTube. They listen to their music through YouTube. And some people were saying, hey, I don't want to download a podcast app or I don't like Apple's podcast app and I don't want to pay for a better podcast app. Instead, if you can, please just upload the podcast to YouTube and I'll listen to it there. So that's what I've done. Again, just go to YouTube, search for Geared Up with Andrew Edwards. You can hit the subscribe button. One last bit of information. As I was creating that channel for the show, the full episodes, I also decided, why don't I make another channel specifically for clips from the show? So if you want to listen to highlights from Geared Up or listen to the individual segments from Geared Up, I've created a channel for that as well. I have not uploaded anything there yet, but that channel is called Geared Up Clips. So if you search Geared Up Clips, you should be able to find the channel. You can subscribe there if you want the highlight version of Geared Up. Okay, with all that out of the way, Prime Day took place earlier this week. I was actually curious. I wanted to ask you guys, 
what you picked up for Prime Day. Did you do electronics shopping, gadget shopping? Did you find anything worthwhile? Or were you like me where the majority of your purchases were things like amazing deals on dishwashing detergent, new pillows, an instant pot, etc. Just random stuff that you happened to see on Amazon. Let me know on Twitter, on Facebook, or in a YouTube community tab discussion. Let me know what you picked up for Prime Day, because I'm curious, and I'll cover some of the answers on next week's episode of Geared Up. I want to know, is Prime Day actually something where people are buying things they're excited about, or are they just buying things that they would have bought anyway, and it just happens to be a better deal on Prime Day? All right, time to jump into our first story. First story of the episode is Nintendo. They have announced a brand new Nintendo Switch. In fact, they've announced two new Nintendo Switch consoles, one of which isn't exactly what we were expecting, while the other one was totally what we were expecting. So let's start off with the new Switch Lite. There's a new Switch on the way. It's called the Nintendo Switch Lite, and it's designed as a less expensive alternative to the original tablet slash console hybrid that we've known as the Nintendo Switch for the past couple of years. The Switch Lite will cost $199, so that's $100 less than the current Nintendo Switch. And for that price, what you're getting is basically a streamlined version of the Switch in many ways, but with a few caveats. And we talked about the rumors of this a couple of weeks ago on Geared Up, but now that it's official, let's talk about what the Switch Lite has to offer. So first and foremost, the easiest way to understand this is the Switch Lite is designed specifically and explicitly to be a handheld console. So you cannot connect it to your TV like you can with the current Nintendo Switch. In fact, the name Switch doesn't even really apply to the Switch Lite because it doesn't switch. That's the whole point of the name is it switches. It switches between handheld mode to TV mode to desktop mode. That's what the Nintendo Switch does. The Switch Lite, it's just handheld That's and that's it. The Joy-Con controllers are built into the console, so you cannot remove the Joy-Cons and hand one to someone else or hook them into a Joy-Con controller grip. They're just built into the console, similar to something like a Nintendo 3DS. There are some improvements here. For one thing, it is lighter. Um, When I got my hands on it, I was able to use it for about 15, 20 minutes, and it's very obvious it's a lighter console. It's also smaller. One way to think about it, if you haven't seen it yet, is to imagine the current Nintendo Switch, but remove one of the Joy-Cons, leave the other one attached. That's about the size the physical size of the Switch Lite. Since all the controls are built into the device, it actually feels more sturdy and more high quality. It has less of that kind of warping effect that you can kind of feel with the Switch if you squeeze it one way or another too much. This is obviously one block of plastic, so it feels better in the hand. Also, over on the left-hand side, that left-hand Joy-Con area, you have a D-pad over there instead of those directional buttons that we have on the original Switch. That is a very, very welcome change. I wish, I hope Nintendo takes that into account and maybe offers that as a Joy-Con option. On the main Switch console, it would be nice. Now, another improvement Nintendo is saying that you can find on the Switch Lite is improved battery life. They're saying it's slightly improved battery life over the older Nintendo Switch, giving it about 30 minutes more playtime due to a more efficient chip layout, as well as the lack of additional batteries that would be built in 
to the Joy-Con. So when you're using your older Nintendo Switch, not only does that battery power the console itself, but it's also charging those removable Joy-Cons. And here with the Switch Lite, it doesn't need to do that. One other thing that the Switch Lite does away with, which I'm actually not a fan of, is there is no kickstand. Now the kickstand is just a piece of plastic. And the thing about the kickstand that was good is that you could kick it out and place the Nintendo Switch on a table or on a surface and hand a controller to someone else and you can both be looking at the display while using your own controllers. Now, knowing that the controls are built into the Switch, you might ask, why would you need to do that? Because the console doesn't have removable Joy-Cons. Well, the answer to that is you can still connect Joy-Cons to the console. You can connect the Pro Controller to the console wirelessly and you can still play multiplayer games. But now there's no way to prop up the console unless you buy some sort of stand Otherwise, it's going to be laying face up, laying flat on a table or on a surface while people are trying to play. So that's obviously no fun. And honestly, that cheap plastic kickstand could not have cost a lot of money. So that's the one thing I wish Nintendo left on the Switch Lite. As far as colors, it is a more colorful console. The Switch Lite comes in yellow, gray, and turquoise. And there's also a special light gray edition coming, the Pokemon Sword and Shield edition. So pretty much right off the bat, you're going to have another color option for the Switch. The screen is slightly smaller. It's 5.5 inches instead of 6.2 inches, still 720p. So with that smaller display, actually, you're going to get a little bit of a sharper image since the pixels are closer together. One other thing that was removed is the HD rumble. Since there is no HD rumble, if you want to play games that require HD rumble, you will need to buy external Joy-Con and a stand if you want to go with those. Again, September 20th is the launch date for the new Switch Lite, $199.99, and the Pokemon version will ship on November 8th for the same price. Let me know what you think of the Nintendo Switch Lite, but remember I mentioned there were two new Switch consoles, not just one. So now let's talk about the other Nintendo Switch announcement that we got this week. And that announcement is that Nintendo has announced an updated version of the original Switch console, the main feature of which is the promise of vastly improved battery life. The new model will include approximately two extra hours of battery life, bringing estimates of usage between four and a half to nine hours, depending on which game you're playing. The original Switch is rated at two and a half to six and a half hours. So you're going from two and a half at the low end up to four and a half, and then six and a half at the high end up to nine hours. Now, the rumors were talking about a new Switch coming, a more powerful Switch, something that I referred to in a recent episode as possibly a Switch Pro. So in terms of that, this is kind of a disappointing announcement because there is no Switch Pro announcement. This isn't better hardware. It's not faster hardware. It's not an increased resolution. All this is, all this change is, is it's basically adding two to three hours of battery life to the Nintendo Switch. And hey, if you travel with the Switch a lot and battery life is one of your main factors when using your Switch, and if you don't want to get a Switch Lite because you like the feature set of the larger Switch, this might be something to consider. Upgrade your original Switch, pick up one of these. The new Switch is actually called the Nintendo Switch. It's just replacing the original one in the market, and you'll have a Switch that has greater battery life. So your Switch will last longer when you're traveling, when you're on the plane, etc. So again, not a Switch Pro. It's just the original Nintendo Switch with a better battery. Now, since I said these are replacing the current Switch, how do you know which is which? Well, there's two ways. First, the model number. If you look at the box, the model number, the original Switch was HAC-001. That was the model number of the original Switch on the box. The newer version, the updated model with the better battery life, 
it's the same number, HAC-001, but then it adds on an extra dash zero run. So HAC-001-01. If it has that dash zero one at the end, then you know you're getting the newer switch version with the increased battery. Another more obvious way that you can tell is if you look at the original switch box, there's a bunch of graphics on it with a white background. The new switch box is an all red box and all the graphics are on top of the red. So basically red box with graphics on it, you're looking at the new switch with better battery life. Same pricing, same everything. It's almost like a silent upgrade, although Nintendo did announce that you're getting better battery life, but you're not gonna see anything new with graphics or speed or anything else. It's just gonna last longer. So there you have it, a new Nintendo Switch Lite portable console, portable only console, along with a replacement, an update, a refresh for the original Nintendo Switch. Coming up next after the break, we are going to be going over Apple's brand new MacBook lineup. They've added some things, they've killed some things, and overall, they've made everything a lot simpler. That is coming up next on Geared Up. Welcome back to Geared Up. I'm Andrew Webers, editor-in-chief of GearLife.com, and it is now time for the National Car Rental Story of the Week. Big shout out to National Car Rental for sponsoring Geared Up. And by the way, if you're into travel or if you have travel coming up or you find yourself on business travel often, you're going to want to check out the other show that I do with National Car Rental called Technically Speaking. It is a YouTube show, video show, where I talk about the best tech to take with you when you're traveling. Obviously, taking tech with you when you're traveling can make it easier, more efficient, or just even a little more fun. You can check out the show at the nationalcar.com control center or over at youtube.com slash nationalcarrent. The latest tech puts you in the driver's seat. National Car Rentals Emerald Club will keep you there. Now onto the National Car Rental Story of the Week. This week we are talking about Apple's new MacBook lineup. Apple did one of those low-key summer spec refreshes on its MacBooks a couple of weeks ago, which are typically not that huge of a deal. No fanfare, basically just a press release. Updates to the internals of the computer. So no design changes, no new keyboard or anything like that. Although we did report a couple of weeks ago that the butterfly keyboard is going away in favor of a brand new scissor keyboard. So those keyboard woes that people have been having with Apple computers, those should be a thing of the past come next year. So we got some spec bumps. We got new specs in the MacBook Air. You get a brighter display and you get the fourth generation butterfly keyboard. Again, not the new keyboard that's gonna replace the butterfly keyboard, but you get something newer in the meantime. The display also gets true tone, which is the feature which changes the white balance of the display depending on the environment that you're in, makes it easier on the eyes to use. The MacBook Pro 13 inch, also got a spec bump, better processors, and also brings in the touch bar to the entry level as well, making the entry level 13 inch MacBook Pro something that's actually very worth considering, whereas before it was pretty much useless. It was many years old, no touch bar, old technology all around. But the other thing Apple did, which I think is a little more significant, is it discontinued the 12 inch MacBook. They finally stopped selling that old school MacBook Air to consumers. That was the one that started at 999, but was many, many years old, very outdated. And they also ditched the old entry-level MacBook Pro, the 13-inch MacBook Pro that did not have a touch bar, still had the hardware escape key. That's gone. What they've done basically in the process of downsizing and simplifying and killing off products is they've returned to the mindset of keeping things simple with their laptop lineup. So basically what I mean by simplicity is if you look at what was for sale the day before they made this announcement, 
if you're a student and you're looking for an Apple computer to use in college to help you with note taking or writing your essays, studying, etc., you had so many options without a really clear, hard line between them. Features were bleeding between each other. You could have bought an iPad Pro with a keyboard, or maybe you wanted a 12-inch MacBook, or maybe for a little more, one of the latest MacBook Airs. And everything kind of overlapped with each other in different ways that made making that decision a little tougher. But now when you fast forward to today, after the announcement was made, what you have now is a lot easier to understand and a lot easier to make a decision based on what's offered. If you just want a Mac OS laptop that covers the vast majority of scenarios and needs, you've got the MacBook Air. That is the closest thing to the basic entry-level option in Apple's notebook line. If you want something below 13 inches, then Apple's gonna say, hey, what you're gonna want is an iPad or iPad Pro, which as of iOS 13 will have their own dedicated operating system. Pick that up with a keyboard case and you've got a sub 13 inch, very powerful device. And finally, if you're a professional photographer or a video editor or someone who's doing more creative work that needs a little more power in your portable computer, then you're gonna wanna pick up a MacBook Pro. And again, I'm not saying that with this new lineup that there's no debate between which one of these scenarios gives you the best value for your money or which is the optimal trade-off between portability and power. That's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is that the lines between them are very clearly drawn. iPad for portability, MacBook Air for versatility, and MacBook Pro for power. In whittling down the laptop lineup to just MacBook Air and MacBook Pro, what Apple has done is it's returned to its core strength many years ago of offering simplicity in a world where typically consumers are overwhelmed by model names and model numbers. At the same time, Apple has also shown and verified just how important it considers the iPad to be in the future of its portable computer business. And make no mistake about it, Apple is seeing the iPad, especially the iPad Pro, with iPad OS as a portable computer, definitely something that leans more towards computer than towards mobile device. Coming up after the break, we are talking about the latest rumor about the Samsung Galaxy Note 10, which will be announced in a couple of weeks in Brooklyn at Samsung Galaxy Unpacked. I will be there to bring you all the news from the event, but there's a new rumor, which is very exciting to those of us who get battery anxiety when we're on the go. That is coming up next on Geared Up. Welcome back to Geared Up. I'm Andrew Edwards, editor-in-chief for GearLive.com. Samsung is set to announce the Galaxy Note 10 at the Galaxy Unpacked event coming up in Brooklyn on August 7th. As per usual, I will be there in attendance to get my hands on with a device and bring you my opinions. But we've got something interesting, some interesting news coming from Ice Universe, the Ice Universe Twitter account. This guy leaks all sorts of information on phones typically with a pretty good track record. If you want to check him out, it's at Ice Universe. So the Note 10 or the Note line has always put a big emphasis on battery life. In fact, they got a little overzealous with battery life with the Galaxy Note 7, which had to be recalled, re-engineered, re-released, and then recalled again and canceled due to battery issues being a little too ambitious with the battery to the point where that phone kept exploding. But Samsung's back at it. They've definitely redeemed themselves since then in terms of making great phones. However, they haven't redeemed themselves in releasing phones that don't need to be recalled as we've seen with the whole Galaxy Fold situation. That phone was about to be released and then when they sent them out to reviewers, they started breaking within 24 to 48 hours. It was, it's insane. 
they are saying that they've re-engineered it and that it's fixed. So I'm assuming we're going to hear more about that at this unpacked event as well. But back to the Galaxy Note 10 and what I want to talk about here. Ice Universe is saying that the Galaxy Note 10 is going to support 45 watt wired charging and 25 watt wireless charging. If you're not sure what that means or why that's exciting, right now the Samsung Galaxy Note 9 and the Galaxy S10, they support up to 15 watt wireless charging, which that's referred to as fast wireless charging. So Galaxy Note 10, instead of 15 watts, 25 watts wireless charging. So as you can see, that is quite a bit faster, but the 45 watt wired charging, I've never seen a phone, especially here in the US with wired charging speeds that fast. I've seen 30 watts. Um, I may have even seen 35 watts from Oppo, if I'm not mistaken, but 45 watt wired charging, that's basically plug your phone in when it's dead and get to 80% in 10 to 15 minutes. Like that is fast. If you're out on the go and you notice your battery getting low, all you need is just a few minutes of charge plugged into an outlet and you will gain hours more battery life after just a few minutes due to the speed and wattage of the supported charging speeds. Now I'm gonna assume these are both proprietary. In other words, in order to get 45 watts wired charging or 25 watts wireless charging, you're probably gonna to need to use the wired charger that Samsung includes in the box. And there's probably gonna be a Samsung specific wireless charger that you can buy for the Note 10. You're likely not gonna be able to just use any off the shelf charger to reach these charging speeds. And again, just to give you an idea for me, my daily phone is the iPhone XS Max, which I use a battery case with. And because I use that battery case, I rarely ever need to plug in during the day. I usually just plug in overnight. And by the time I wake up the next day, I'm good to go for the entire day morning until I go to bed that day. But I'm using a battery case. So it's a little more bulky, a little heavier, which of course is a downside of that setup. I could just wirelessly charge, but really I find wireless charging to be better for things like the AirPods where Ever since I got the new AirPods with the wireless charging case, I have never even come close to running out of battery. Every night I just take the AirPods out of my pocket, drop them on a wireless charger. When I wake up in the morning, I'm good to go. I have 24 hours worth of charge for the AirPods, which I'm personally never gonna listen to 24 hours on the AirPods without charging them when I go to bed. For my smartphone, I just don't find wireless charging to be something that occurs to me all that often. I just wanna get that faster charge anyway, so I'm typically, if I am charging, I'm just plugging it in to a wall outlet. But I'm curious what you think. Samsung Galaxy Note 10, 45 watt wired charging, 25 watt wireless charging. And by the way, that wireless charging speed is faster than many phones wired charging. So this is superb. I would love to see this technology brought to even more devices, but with the Note 10, if this is true, launching with this, we're gonna see if you're someone who's always out and about, not near a desk, not near a charger, this feature alone is gonna be a godsend. Again, the Galaxy Note 10 will be announced on Wednesday, August 7th, 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn, New York. I will be on hand to bring you my thoughts. You can catch them over on YouTube, youtube.com slash gear live. Be sure to subscribe there. And of course, we will shoot an episode of Geared Up from New York as well, so you can get the podcast version of everything that's been going down. I do have some other upcoming podcast announcements, can't share them just yet, but they are pretty exciting, not just for me, but especially for you guys as well. Big things are coming. And with that, I will end the show right here. 
Thank you so much for listening to Geared Up. If you're not already, you should subscribe, as I mentioned, to my YouTube channel to see all my tech video reviews and updates. You can do that over at youtube.com slash gear live and also subscribe here to Geared Up. You can find us in your favorite podcast app. Just search for Geared Up, two words, not one, in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pocket Cast, or wherever you listen. And don't forget, we do have the new YouTube channel for Geared Up as well. So if you prefer to listen to Geared Up on YouTube, you can do that too. If you like what I do here, please do consider leaving a review in your favorite podcast app. It really does help other people find the show and feel free to share on social media as well. And if you do share a show, please do tag me so I can retweet you. Geared Up is a Gear Life podcast and you can see more from me at gearlive.com. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Andrew Edwards and I will catch you in the next episode.